So 561 Music now has a hotline. You can call us anytime at 561-203-9122 and ask us any questions you like, um, you know, some humorous ones or something about um, the guests we've had on the show or questions about gear or questions about the festival or anything you like. Um, it's, of course, 561 203 9122. We would love to hear from you. Um, we did a pretty fun little message, so you get to hear that too. Um, even if you just call up to listen to me and Hector trying to do a good phone message, that's a good enough reason. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you, so uh, please get in touch. Hi, guys. I know everyone says this on every YouTube channel, but please, could you like and subscribe? to 561 Music Podcast. It's a local music podcast and all we're trying to do is help local musicians get some exposure. So if you could like it, subscribe it, and uh, also hit the notifications button on the episode, we would really, really appreciate it. And if you're feeling generous, you could subscribe to the Spotify as well. Thank you. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. And how are you doing, Hector? I'm doing good, but tired from last week. We had a lot, a lot, a lot of gigs. Yeah, we did, but they were pretty fun ones. I, th- You know, I, if I was going to play a bunch of gigs, I'm glad it was those Oh, gigs. it was a great week, man. It was yeah. a great week financially. It was a great week fun-wise. It was, mm-hmm. it was a good week. It was a good week. It was a good set of shows, man. Yeah, totally. So let's kind of go through them. So we, we did Double Roads on the Tuesday. Yeah, and that was for, uh, for the 561 um, Sally Fox Maple um, original music night. It's the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think that's going to turn out to be something really great. It's just bringing original music to Jupiter, which, you know, yeah. there's not a huge amount of that going on. So yeah. we're really happy that Sally had the initiative and that we get to be a part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure, for sure. So that's, that's, uh, that was fun. And then Thursday we played Clovanus by Night. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that, that was fun. That was cool. Nice yeah, big we, stage. So we tried to do that a couple of months ago, yeah. and it didn't go so well. Nope, it? got rained out and canceled. Um, but they uh, they rescheduled us, and, and then we got to do it this Thursday. It was fun. It was fun. There was a green market thing going on. It was like their last mini green market or something. So there was, it was a good crowd. It was fun. Yeah, totally. Later on, it really started to pick up. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. You know, it it can get a bit sketchy downtown in West Palm, but I I feel like once once a bunch of people showed up, you know, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's just me getting older or what. No, <laughs> no, it can it can get pretty sketchy down there sometimes. Depends on depends on the time of day, and you know, it, yeah, it can it can it can. But yeah, once it started filling in with people, it was fine. Yeah, exactly. And fine. then on Friday, it was Victoria Lee's wedding. It was, and it Victoria was and so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was such a fun. We played we played just one you know one short hour long set, but it was fun, man. It was like a lot of energy in that place. And yeah, and we met some musicians. Didn't we met we? a lot of musicians. Um, little things was was uh, little yeah. things duo. Um, love those girls, man. Like they their harmonies are like spot on, man. They really are, and we're going to get them on the podcast, and are probably going to do some shows with them. And they're going to do that original music. Yeah, night too, they don't right? they don't know it yet, but they're going on tour with us next year for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, they just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they were a lot of fun, and we're gonna we're gonna do a song with them too. We are going to do a song with them. Um, yeah, yeah, they're like, doing a, an all covers album. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I believe. Uh, well, I don't know if we can say it yet, so let's not okay, let the cat yeah. out of the bag. Let's keep keep that quiet. Yeah, yeah. And um, what else happened? Um, 
so Saturday. Saturday we played a uh, the McCabe's Independence Day party, annual Independence Day party. That's um, right. That was fun. Because if you want to be really American, you get an Englishman to sing at your... Uh... I mean, that's what you do, right? <laughs> right? They just send you off on your way. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it was fun, man. We got there and uh, Bryce Allen Band was playing, like the whole band. So it was it was... It was cool, man. They really did it up nice. They had a stage and tents yeah. and keep people out of the weather and stuff. And it was a bit weird playing after Bryce Allen. You know, yeah. I felt I, I felt like there was something awry there. But they they rocked and we had a good great set too. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, that no, was good, man. It was good, and and they just food was a plenty and drinks were a plenty. Like just I, you know, I mean, like they just. They had the open bar for all their guests or whatever, and then they had tons of food. I don't know how much stuff you ate, but like I ate a yeah. lot. I ate a lot. <laughs> we we had a lot of fun um, doing a previous party where they, they had hired this insane like car garage place yeah. in Delray. Uh, ha- Haggerty's car yeah. garage. Yeah, it yeah, was for his uh, for his fiftieth party, fiftieth birthday party. Yeah. yeah, some of the cars in there, I don't, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, so those guys have done us proud. I, you know, always, always grateful to be invited to anything they want to do with us. No, it was fun, man. And then they started uh, somebody started shooting off fireworks. Yeah, and some of the fireworks things tipped over and started shooting into the tents. Yeah, people were scrambling and yeah. And, uh, and yeah. we were playing at and the time. We, yeah, and we were like, yeah, 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> America. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, no one lost an eye, and we got through it unscathed. Yeah, no, man. We were pros. We kept playing right through the whole thing. It was fine. It yeah, was man. Fine. <laughs> and then I did a solo gig on Sunday at Cork mm-hmm. in Hope Sound, which was, I mean, it was hot. I'm not going to lie to you. But Is that it, outdoors when you play there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but that has to be brutal. I had James's fans, so it was all right. Yeah, that's still brutal, man. Sunday was a hot day. Yeah, it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I had a tent. I wasn't like directly under like sunlight yeah. or anything like that. But um, yeah, it was super hot. Yeah. Like when I play solo, though, I'm just sitting down, so I'm not kind of exerting energy particularly. Right, right, right. It wasn't too bad. I managed to position myself directly, you know, with the fan directly in front of me, so I was just like... I like how, when you, I like how you're, uh, you're describing your solo performance as not exerting energy, so it's effortless, right? Oh, yeah. Effortless, my friend. Effortless. I just sit down and it just oozes out of me. <laughs> and then I play music. Right. <laughs> that too, that too. Anyway, so we have uh, Brain with us today. How's it going? What's going on? How you doing? I'm yeah. doing good. I'm Very great. well, actually. I, I, I have to say, it's 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 great to have you on. Um, we've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. School rock. Yeah, the yeah. Back days. in the day, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and we've been working a little bit together lately. I've been helping you book gigs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but um and uh, just delighted to get you on the podcast. So the question that we like to start with is, how did you first get into music? Like, what what were the uh, what was the situation that first made you think oh i want to do music yeah it's pretty i've thought about it it's pretty crazy pipeline because i originally wanted to be a dj um and i've always played piano and i've always played you know i've always played guitar yeah and um just trying different instruments but what really made me want to get into music was djing oh cool and um i wanted to i wanted to dj like coachella or something or like yeah i'm gonna <laughs> you know get up on stage and make dubstep that was like the first genre i really liked yeah um did you ever pursue that at all i did a little bit that was like what i went to um i went to a camp in west palm called amp music lab okay and i went there since i was like 12 and that's where they taught me like production on my computer and stuff like that 
And yeah, that was originally what I wanted to do was just make dubstep and make the. And I thought I get singing it. was so lame. I've been there. Man. Yeah, yeah. That that was me at one point in my life too. I get it. Yeah. So I never. I if you showed me like where I was now compared to like what I originally thought I wanted to do, I'd be like, what. Am I doing? Hector is a prime example of that. <laughs> yeah, he, he plays stand-up bass in a band that occasionally plays country. And if you told him that five years ago, he would have hit you over the head with something. I would have said you were nuts. <laughs> I would have said you're absolutely crazy. I hate stand-up bass and I hate country music. But here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't know. It was originally that, and then I think what ended up happening was my production was getting a lot better, and I wanted to get vocals on the song. And I didn't have anybody around to do vocals, so I was like, I guess I have to do my own vocals. And yeah. that's kind of how I got into it, which is okay. like that. Yeah, I remember you, you've always been really good, like um, preternaturally talented at the piano. It seemed to just like ooze out of you. You could always like play the blues and stuff from a pretty young age. You know? Yeah, true. I used to, that was my favorite shit to play on piano was blues, yeah, which yeah. I don't feel like uh, people really know that I even play piano now. Yeah. A lot of people, like, because I'm so, my music doesn't even have, like, piano in it anymore. So I just kind of, like, forget. Sometimes I forget that I even play piano, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, you get at it. Um, so when you were young, did you have, uh, did you have uh, many, like, music teachers and stuff like that? Honestly, I mean, not really, especially not in, like, school. No. Right. I mean, all my musical, like, practices were all like outside of school because my school was just like very sports oriented wasn't okay. really like a musical thing i think the band had like by the time i quit the band it was like six kids in the band and the whole school band it was like six kids oh wow, oh, wow. Yeah. the like, whole band depleted yeah wow. seriously oh wow so yeah gotcha so what kind of school did you go to um, I went to like a religious Christian private school. So, and it was just like, like I said, sports oriented. Yeah. Um, Do you so. think that affected your, uh, your, your mental state? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're yes. getting right into it. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, it definitely did. Cause, um, I was like the only kid there doing what I was doing really, yeah. especially in my grade. Um, but yeah, I was, I mean, I was the only kid there who was making music, singing, um, like recording, singing, like trying to be like an artist per se. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that can be inspirational in the sense that, you know, you, you, you can kind of feed off that sort of outsider energy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then other times that, you know, it can be a bad thing. Do you, do you think it was helpful or harmful in those situations? I feel like, I mean, there was pros and cons to it. I mean, I guess the pros was I did learn a lot there and I think I'm like more knowledgeable on religion than people would expect me to be at first glance. Yeah. Um, but I guess the cons of it was just like, you know, I had to, we had to wear uniforms. Like you couldn't really, yeah. um, I guess like express yourself in the way that you'd want to. This, sure. this was high school, right? Yeah. High school. Yeah. I went, I've, I went to the same school since like third grade, like oh, wow. third yeah. grade to graduation. Wow. So yeah, see, I went to, I went to religious school, but the first school I went to was kindergarten to eighth grade. Yeah. And then I switched to a high school for ninth mm-hmm. through 12th. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like private schools, it's like you either you either go to a school like that and it's like safe or you go to like a public school and it's like you get shot. Like, I don't know. It's like the, pro, it's like the pros and cons of like, you know, picking your fight. My, my parents just wanted me to go to like a good school. No, I, went to, that's I went to both. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the way through my junior year to private school, and then I really screwed up bad, and yeah. I couldn't, um, I couldn't go back my senior year, and then uh, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, the and then, yeah, and then I ended up at the public school for my senior year. Oh wow! And then I skipped so much that I couldn't graduate, so then I had to do another senior year in a public school. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, stay in school, kids. <laughs> I didn't know that about you because I did my my last year um, of it, it's not called high school in England, but I did um, my you know seventeen to eighteen. I did that year again as well because I, I I thought I wanted to study history of art at university, and then I was like. Why would I study history of art at university? I all suddenly had this kind of epiphany where I was like, <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to do that. I mean, you know, I really enjoyed it. Like, you know, history That's of fun. art is a lot of fun and everything like that. But I, but it wasn't sort of going to be leading anywhere. You know, I didn't want to be, you know, an art yeah. restorer or anything. I just liked art. I didn't yeah. want to be anything. <laughs> I just didn't go to school. Oh, there I, you go. I, my grades were fine my senior year. My grades were fine just didn't like it i just didn't like it and i didn't yeah. go and so two weeks before graduation they said oh the state requires a certain amount of contact hours and you fell short because you weren't here and uh you can't graduate oh man yeah. Well. so yeah so i had to go back for another year but it's fine i went back for another year and i took a, a lot of art classes and now i'm an artist so you know it all worked out absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny man yeah i didn't know that, i didn't know that we shared doing our last years again yeah. together yeah yeah i i went to so i was at a private school too i was at a uh a boarding school and uh, it was as boarding schools go it was pretty much the most lax one you know the, the uniform was really yeah. almost optional you know not quite they pretended it wasn't but it was and um and it had a good music department and stuff like that so i was pretty lucky but yeah the boarding side of it was kind of weird not gonna lie. Yeah, you, know, you get a unique kind of bullying at a boarding school. <laughs> yeah, no, really. It, it, like any, I feel like there's got to be a trend there between like musicians and going to like small schools. Yeah, like, yeah I don't know how right. it ends up happening. <laughs> but um, I go to University of Miami now, and a lot of kids there too. Like in the music program, they like it seems like every fucking kid went to like a private school. I swear. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like some weird like coincidence between that. Totally. How are you enjoying the University of Miami? University of Miami is great. Yeah. It's Are you what, studying music there? Yeah. Um, I originally was studying music engineering, but that was like the hardest shit I think I've ever dealt with. Had to do like, I would have had to done, well, I did calculus one, barely. Calculus two, like even more barely. And then I would have had to done um, like physics one, physics two. Right. Like right. electrical. Yeah. When you say music engineering, like literally like, like building like every, yeah any possible and, thing electronics and mm-hmm. that kind of, okay yeah it was like so, anywhere anything from like software to hardware okay to like how to run a studio session like they they would have gone over like all that yeah because when i think engineering i think like literally sitting like in a control room you know engineering the music yeah and, that you know, too a, it was just session. like the whole thing yeah um and we had classes in like the week studio which is like this like multi-million dollar crazy studio down there yeah yeah you, um, you were telling me about it, it sounds it awesome. is it's absolutely insane they have like ssl boards there Sick. um i think they cost like more than a house or something oh you know my word. probably yeah i was talking to you about that the other week like you know I, we need to find an excuse to go and use that studio I'm like it's really awesome. nice <laughs> yeah because there's a way you know Brayton knows a guy, you know. We could yeah, well, the thing is, is like as a student there, like if you're a music engineering major, you can get licensed in the studios, and like you, so you can be like a college kid, but like professionally run sessions for like people and charge whatever rate you want. Oh, that's and, crazy. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's crazy. So I have, I have one friend who actually mastered um, my latest song. His name's Jake. And he's, like, one of the first kids I've seen that was, like, freshman year, like, basically, like, knocked out all of his licenses for all the different studios, like, in UM that oh, you could awesome. possibly get. Yeah. So, yeah. I so, know a guy. So you <laughs> switched. So you switched from engineer music engineering to. I just... switched to it's called Made, which is kind. Of, it's kind of like a music business program. Okay. I think it stands. I'm gonna butcher it. It's like music artistry development, entrepreneurship, or something like that. Okay. Right. 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 What, it's just. Um. It's kind of like a blanket term for like. It's. I think about it as like music business, but for like the artists themselves. So it's not yeah. like people who are majoring in made want to be like necessarily like a contra- somebody who writes up contracts or like right they don't necessarily want to be the manager they want to be the artist yeah, yeah. and it's just like about it's, it just gives you like a general like understanding of stuff in the music industry okay. and it's like broad enough and open enough that like they market it as like you can kind of like take it in whatever direction you want yeah. as you like start to graduate so maybe you do want to get more business you have to take a music business minor with it. Right. So I'm is doing there that. is there music like actual music classes involved? Yeah, with and then it? there's yeah. you have to take like uh, like music theory like okay. one through four, and then right. there's like skills labs where you have to like perform all as a class, and they help you like work on your like stage presence and just stuff like that. Do you have okay. to hand in actual music? Yeah, we actually have had to do that. I am so I was scared because I'm so shit at like sheet music and all that. Because yeah. I mean, I feel like School of Rock too. They kind of teach you like. Um, like by ear a lot of the time too, yeah. um, so I definitely wasn't like classically trained in any instrument or any or vocals or anything like that. So yeah, um, I was always scared. Well, some people are better at it than others too. Like I, I was classically trained, but I still, when I was sort of your age, despite like all of this stuff that I'd done before, and I was at school for music, you know, I still struggled with it a little bit. I feel like now, after years and years and years of doing it. I, I, still I don't really think <laughs> occasionally, but I'm a lot. But you know, I've, I'm all right now. But um, you know, for the longest time, I you know, I've, I found it difficult. And uh, and this is coming from someone who who has done tons of classical music. I just think some people just you know they're more of a ear learning people, and some people yeah. you know, or you could spend your entire life not learning music theory, like me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what I was doing at first because I was like I was so against like music theory. But when you're in college and it's like, like even when I was a music engineering major, I still had to take theory. I would have had to take yeah. theory no matter what. So it's like I better just suck it up and learn the shit, or else yeah. I'm gonna fail. Yeah. So I think it's helped me a lot. So I'm like all right at it now. I think. So enjoying university life. I remember those days. I had a good time. Yeah. No, I feel it's kind of like you're living in a little bit of like a. Like a societal bubble, yeah, like limbo of, a bit, yeah, 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 or like like a utopian like sort of yeah, society, for real. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, which is nice, yeah. Um, no, it is, and you will get to go to the. Do, I, this is actually something I'm curious about um, because when I was at university, like books were still a thing. Do you guys go to the library still? I've been to the library for, like for fun, but right. I've never checked a book out <laughs> okay, there. Yeah, never, yeah. no. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. online. But do people like go? Okay, okay. So now is it just like a bunch of computers and people sitting at computers? Yeah. Is it even that? at the library? It's like a lot of people doing that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. starting to be that when I went, um, and actually a lot of people were going in because a lot of people didn't have their own computers back then. So it was yeah, like, so you have to use the library. Computer. Yeah, yeah. But of course now everyone has their own one. So I, I. You, 
it's starting to get to the point where it's like, what even is the purpose of a, li- a yeah, library? Yeah, no, really. Other than like book storage for posterity and like historical purposes. You yeah, know? my my school's got like seven, eight floors of like library so right, of right. books. I don't even know if anybody's ever. Gonna, there's probably a book in there nobody's like picked out in like ten years or something, just sitting there. Yeah, because most of it's on. Most of it's all you know been copied, and you, that you can get. I remember when I was at university that most of the stuff had been copied and you could get, you know, could pay a subscription. You could just see it all online. Yeah. And even, if, even if it hadn't been kind of digitally transferred, that someone had like taken pictures of every page kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Those were the days. You're taking me back a little <laughs> bit here. Um, so when it comes to sort of practicing your instrument, would you say that you still do that? Like, do you, do you sit at home and like, work on on on, on i should <laughs> more than i do um i think my main bit of practice at this point because i mean there was a time when i was practicing piano every single day and like guitar and all that but i think now what really gets me the most practice is like writing music yeah sure a lot of people say that yeah i'm like writing more i think i'm writing more complicated music as i continue making music and so it's like forcing me to get better yeah. Um, especially if I plan on like playing the recording live because like yeah. you're in the studio, you can like, or in your room, the studio is my room. Um, yeah, yeah. you can sit and play it a million times and chop it up and whatever. But when you're playing it live, you have to yeah. be like good enough to do it. Yeah. And I met my guitarist too, who's like insane. Um, his name's Christian. And yeah. I've heard some of the stuff he's done. He's really good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how am I, you know, he, we have songs where he's tracked like the guitar and the whole thing. And so I'm like, how, how am I supposed to play this live? Like if I'm supposed to be the rhythm, you know? No, totally. And it's something that, you know, we talked about sort of working on together some of his guitar parts because they're really interesting. And, uh, um, and you're right. It is a good way to learn. Um, because, uh, and I've done it a million times. I've written something that I can't actually play and, <laughs> yeah. and then learn to play it. I do yeah. it every time we write something. I, it's, that's me. I write <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah, totally. It's a good way around because, you know, you have no other choice. You've got to learn it, you know. <laughs> or I give it to you and then you play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so it, what would you say like some of your biggest influences are in terms of so I'm going to go through sort of like early on who 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 were some of the influences that got you into wanting to make music let's start there um like singing or rock or like literally music music like dubstep cuz I was into a lot of dubstep so okay. I was Okay which dubstep like, people did were you into um I really liked my era was like Rusko and Benga and all those people like all the all Yeah the early I days. liked um it was kind of a, I really liked Getter Right um he's really cool he made, he he just makes like weird sound I just found like the weirdest like fucking guys that made the weirdest sounds with, Gotcha uh, gotcha um, I liked, um, what's another one? I'm trying to think. I like like Dat Sick. That's kind of like an older. Sure. He's yeah. Of, he's yeah. been around. I know him. Um, it's interesting to me because I was there when dubstep kind of became a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, all those early tunes were, um, and I wasn't there, you know, I wasn't in South London when it immediate when it first became a thing yeah. but i was in england and you know it got very quickly yeah. got to manchester and um so i remember when it was taking over drum and bass and it was just a sight to behold because me and all of my friends loved drum and bass right yeah. and drum and bass was huge drum and bass was just everywhere and everything it's like it's all tons of people cared about 
And uh, and then dubstep just came creeping in and creeping in and creeping in, and it was just pushing out and pushing out and pushing out, and the and the crowds for drum and bass were getting smaller and smaller. Crowds yeah, for dubstep were getting bigger dubstep. and bigger. And it, I think Skrillex is like a huge one for me too. He really, yeah. I think he pushed it from. Um, he pushed it from like yeah he went he went like mainstream with it yeah that's what yeah. I'm saying uh, with like bangerang and, and then he like signed Rusko which I always think is just the weirdest thing in my head because because Rusko for me is like my like king of dubstep you know like yeah. I just love him and then Skrillex I I just can't see anyone on the same level as him but then <laughs> yeah. but then but then Skrillex is like owns owns oh yeah <laughs> you know? it's like the weird it doesn't seem like it's the right way around in my head but yeah uh, yeah man um and then okay so once you got um once you kind of moved past that and you started getting into rock and stuff who who were some of your your more recent influences yeah well i started um i didn't even start singing rock it was more like r&b like edm pop obviously it's like going from dubstep into that and yeah. um Honestly, it was like it was really. I can't even lie. It was really like trending at the time. Like like a lot of the rock shit was really trending. And my dad used to always listen to rock in the car. Um, and I used to always think it was like dad music. Sure. Like Nirvana, considered yeah. dad music, is crazy. Totally. But that was like my perspective because that was like or like the Cure is is like dad music. You know what I mean? That's where we're at now. Like he's, I know it's he's, like, he's like throwing daggers at me from across <laughs> the room. Hey, take that. Yeah, I just was like, this is just like like dad music. It's I like guess, naming all my I favorite bands. I know. But yeah. But the truth is, and 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 it's it's easy to forget sometimes when you're our age that you know we're dad age so it is dad yeah. music right, of course right, it right, is. right yeah but then <laughs> you know it's it's crazy because over time like i guess um that was like a subconscious influence because now it's came back and now it's like now i've listened to nirvana i like nirvana i like the cure you know all those bands yeah um but it was really like um there was like a whole pop punk like blow up that kind of happened sure yeah and it just kind of like gave it a new face and it was like you know yeah, yeah. it's it's like i guess like cool again to be pop punk yeah. so i kind of had this like phase where i was like going through uh, trying to do like that whole thing because you know there's all these younger artists getting like signed and you know uh doing all this crazy stuff with i mean do you think it was off the back of like machine gun kelly and all yeah like machine gun kelly was probably the biggest example of of pop punk obviously i would say travis barker he's like the ringleader of all that sure yeah because he basically i did like a whole school project on him because travis barker Basically, is like the ringleader of all the like production for all of the pop punk people. Yeah. Like Machine, like I don't think I don't know if they would be like as good without Travis Barker. Obviously, he's he like the sits guy to do it. in with all these different bands too. Like he's got his hand in so many bands. Yeah, especially recently, it's like I don't know how he has the time to. He's he's literally on like every rock song. I feel like, a, like you know something which I song. just love is that he's been in some really. Pretty small and wonderful bands. Like, like he was in the Aquabats for the longest time. You know those guys? Mm-hmm. They're, a, they're like a ska punk band from the 90s, and they are just hilarious. We, <laughs> we, we've done, we've done some gigs with them back in the day with Sonic Boom 6, and um, they wear like full superhero outfits and capes, and they do this whole stage show thing where, where like a bad guy comes on and he defeats the bad guy, and it's it's the silliest ska punk music. <laughs> and Travis Barker was the drummer. Yeah. Like, I think yeah, like, he might have been like the, the first drummer for That's them. That's funny, dude. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously he went on to uh, bigger things. TV but... with the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, but the Aquabats ended up making a, a children's TV show and stuff. Like, it's, yeah. They've done, uh, you, if, if you get a chance, check out the Aquabats. Yeah, Because sure. even if you don't like the music, you got to appreciate that yeah. they just go all <laughs> the in. The production. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's and one time I got to dress up as the as the bad guy at, at one of the gigs, and I didn't realize right <laughs> that. He wasn't messing around when he was like defeating the bad guy. Like I got walloped. Like I was, I was, I was expecting <laughs> it to game. be like a super sort of you know jokey, but like all of a sudden I was being like manhandled. I was like, oh, this is like pretty much for real. Like, yeah, it? <laughs> it's like kicking the crap out. Of yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. It was really funny. Imagine like somebody in the band just didn't like you and they were like oh our guy didn't show up can you just wear this and then they were like kick the crap out of him yeah 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 <laughs> i mean i don't know how whether it was that or not but it kind of it sure felt like that it was pretty funny <laughs> so um yeah you use a we've, we've been talking about it a little bit but um all of your music is um self-produced yep. um where did you learn how to do that um i i give credit obviously to like my I would say like my whole EDM era is kind of where I learned to produce. Sure, um, yeah, me too, yeah. And Amp Music Lab, YouTube, like all those influences kind of helped me. Um, and then just like listening to a lot of music and just like using your ear and being like, why does my song sound terrible? And there, because I didn't even know, like I didn't believe in compressors at one point. Oh, I didn't wow. believe in them. Like yeah, I thought yeah. they were like bullshit or something. Like I don't you know. You just thought they were kind of like that. Someone was just. Like, sort of having you on fin- yeah like i just didn't like hear a difference i didn't see a difference and then yeah. you know i'm like it, well it really it, you know it's not that i didn't believe in them um <laughs> i my experience with them is i just there was something in my brain that made it so that i could not understand them yeah and no then, that's what i mean like i was yeah, like i don't yeah. know what the knobs do or anything like that yeah but now it's like everything is like compressed yeah. in my stuff yeah, and yeah. it's like the the number one most important thing oh, yeah exactly of um course. but yeah i think it was listening to a lot of music and then i started getting into older bands too like and so i was listening to that music um because it kind of went from like the trendier stuff and then i kind of like was led down like a pipeline into like classic shit like I, like my chemical romance and then sure. i had like a pierce the veil um nice sort of interest there yeah and yeah. um and then it started getting like heavier and heavier. And then I started getting into like Deftones and Corn and started going yeah. down that route. And then it was then it got to like Infinite Annihilator, like Lorna Shore, like Death yeah. Metal. So I don't. So I just the the combination of how all those different things are mixed. I think if you listen to like all these different kinds of music, it helps you with like what you want to do. I think Def the mix of Deftones is really unusual and interesting. Yeah, they for have that really music, weird, like yeah. kind of like poppy snare, like that the super kind of high snare. Oh, yeah, and 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 it's it's almost like heavy and mellow at the same time. It's no, like the literally, thing. it's like um. Yeah, they're definitely like one of my favorite new metal bands. For yeah, sure. yeah. When that came out, my brother was thirteen. I, I, I was about sixteen, and um, it made a huge. Im- no, I must have been a bit younger than that. I must have been about 15, 14, 15, But it made a huge impact on us. All we wanted yeah. to do was play Deftones all day long, and we'd, <laughs> you know, like my brother was a drummer and I was a guitarist, and we used to rock that stuff out back in the day. I used to love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what kind of equipment are you using? Do you use Logic? Uh yeah, I use Logic Pro. I've I've used Logic forever. Yeah, um, me too. I only recently started using one of these mics for recording SM7B because yeah. you because you you uh you told me to get a cloud lifter and to uh, mess with the settings on the back. Yeah, that's and that right. was the only thing because I thought it didn't sound good. Yeah, because I I've everything else besides the stuff that's on this was on an SM58. 
which people don't believe because like I would process the vocals so hard like with compression and like EQ that I'd try to make it sound like a um you know like a, a power like a powered mic or something yeah, like sure, that. Yeah, sure, yeah. And um, he does a great job with with an SM58. Some of his like signal you you look at the at, at the track and it yeah. has like 14,000 plugins on it. It's but like it ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really ridiculous. Like I should definitely go and oversimplify it cuz there's a lot of stuff in there that's like redundant where it's like I boost an EQ and then I like drop an EQ on like two <laughs> right. separate EQs yeah, canceling yeah. each other out. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like just turn both of them off. But yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just like I would just use my ears and just like slowly improve my system over time. Yeah. And I think you can like literally hear that in chronological order of like every release I've ever done. You yeah. can hear it like get a, a step better. Well, you're still young and and you know that's bound to happen and I think my my recordings are getting better as, you know, still, you know. Yeah. I'm 42 years old and I still feel like I'm making big strides like, you know, you're like, yearly. Oh, I, yeah, like you can't even believe you made it. You're like, who yeah, made like, yeah, it? It yeah. sounds professional to the point. And yeah, then it's like totally. I don't consider myself to be like a professional. Um, just because I'm like me, I don't know, you know. Yeah, and mixing your own music, I don't know. There's something different about it. The thing that took me a really long time to get good at was mixing drums, and I feel like I yeah. finally turned that corner because mm-hmm. I've done some recordings in the past where the drums sound good, but I w- I wouldn't say that I was like super confident about it, you know. And yeah, I just like feel you hit like, the. It's like you got lucky or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and now I feel like all right, I you know. I could do it. Like I'm not worried about it anymore. That was kind of a big, a big turning point for me, for sure. Yeah, I've never used live drums, so I can't. It's the hardest thing to mix in the in the whole lot. I don't know what. Well, I do know why. You have all these kind of phase issues, like because mm-hmm. if you have two mics like this, they got to be in exactly the right spot, or they're out of phase. Then you got to figure out how to fix the phase issues, and then and then getting a good snare sound from a real snare is so much harder than just using a snare sample. Yeah, I I only recently just got, like, uh, better drum samples because the Logic ones, they're just... I mean, Logic, I think Logic's stock drums are, like, better than all the other DAWs, but they're still, like, shit. I don't know. They're still, like, not that good. Yeah, yeah, no, Um, totally. But, uh, yeah, I use Get Good Drums. Okay. And those are... Like really good. I've been trying to sample my own ones now. Now that I feel like I'm getting better at recording drums, I've been trying to sample a bunch of my own ones. I'm actually just about to make a sample kit for my brother um, because we're going to do like a rock project. And and we were talking about it, and he doesn't have a drum kit at his house, so he was going to get some pads. And I was like, "Well, I'll make you a drum kit. Yeah. You're like I'll, ma- I'll <laughs> yeah, make each like, of the hits. You yeah. know, like so that's that's what's coming up for for my drum recording. And also Ryan, who works here. Um, uh, Ryan Miedenfeld, he he he's an amazing drummer. Um, drums for all sorts of different people around here. He used to drum for Bryce Allen Band and Boxell, but he's drummed for tons of different people. Yeah. Um, he uh, he and I are currently like sampling a kit as well. Like yeah, yeah. I I don't think you can have too many good drum sounds, honestly. And it the one thing I would say though is with rock is you got to be a bit careful kind of just using using drum samples um because it it can like iron it out you know you want some of that sort of loose live energy you know yeah, I no. feel like you know I know a lot of people they record the live drums and then they use like a quantization thing right. with the drums to like replace it with samples right. but it still has like the feeling of the live drums yeah yeah and I've done a lot of that in the past where you can kind of double it and you know at some point I can show you how to do that and logic's pretty cool mm-hmm. but um yeah I 
I do. I still do do that. Like, not always, but it's. I do it most often on the kick. Yeah. Like, I feel I can get I a really good snare now, but I do it most often on the kick. Well, I feel like a lot of rock nowadays, like really, uh, like. Well, some would say it's over-compressed, but I would just say that's, like, the standard. That's, like, just how it goes. You know what I mean? It's, like, loudness yeah. wars. Like, everything's just is trying to get louder and louder. Yeah, and there is there is a kind of a limit to how loud something could be. Well, zero dB, you know, it's going to get louder than that. Yeah, so, so you just, like, compress it up to that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's why um, I think I can get away with using, like, samples and stuff like that. Because um, especially on, like, courses, like, you're not having much, like, dynamic range and you're just, like, hitting shit as hard as you can. What I think that... The, the, the sad thing about that is that if you just had a better stereo and you could turn that up, the music would actually hit harder. Because yeah. instead of it being the You'd quiet bit being the range. same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of the quiet bit being the same volume as the loud bit, you know, and mm-hmm. it just kind of comes in, you know, kind of hits. You, you know, you can actually have a significant yeah. volume change. Like, yeah. You know, kind of a bummer, right? Eh? Mm-hmm. But there we are. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, should we talk about, I am curious about how you have found Miami so far. What, in terms of playing venues and stuff, what's, what, what's been going on with all of that? I've really liked, uh, the venues I've played at Miami so far. How do they compare to the ones up here? Uh, I think they're a lot more, like, underground feeling, like, they don't feel as, um, like I guess professional, but they're a lot. I think they're more fun because the, sure. the community um, is a lot stronger down there. Yeah, especially when you're on a lineup with like other bands who are kind of similar to you. Yeah, um, then you get to meet connections, and then all the bands bring in like, if every band brings in ten people, you know, yeah, you, yeah. even just like ten people, and then you have five bands, you have fifty people. Yeah. So no, that's you know, I mean, you know, it's a sprawling metropolis. It's bound to have that kind of like underground culture thing i think around here you know it's just sort of sprawling suburbia you know yeah it really is like it's it's just a lot of like um i don't find many uh people up here that are kind of like doing what's being done in miami sure are you you finding a lot of um a lot of places in miami to play original music or uh honestly more than i would have expected because i only recently started gigging like with a band just because like before college i didn't know people to be in a band with um so even the few gigs that i've played down there i think when i first started gigging that first year i did like 12 or something like that 11 or 12 and yeah they're they're usually pretty fun Um, i think when you're plugged into the university as well it's these places are a little bit easier to find and yeah you have that kind of built-in crowd yeah well especially because if you have other bands that are like in the college with you they're all playing at gigs you know you just like it's like a network you know suddenly half the college is there out to see you guys you know yeah yeah Yeah, exactly i remember those days they were good days and as part of the reason I ended up leaving Manchester, I lived in Manchester in England for a long time. I went to university in Manchester, and then um, and then I ended up living there for a long time, playing in this band Sonic Boom Six. But after I left Sonic Boom Six, um, living in the city of Manchester was weird. It was like it kind of felt like I'd gone back in time. It felt like I was back at university because yeah. all of the place, like the thing about Manchester, which is a bit different to Miami, is. The university almost runs the town. It's like yeah. when everyone goes home for the holidays, like half the town like boards up. You know, that's how Tallahassee is. Yeah, yeah. I have friends that went up to uh, to FSU. Um, you know, when we got out of high school, and 
every time I, I would go up there and visit them, you know, it was it was like that. Like yeah. it, you couldn't go anywhere in town where it didn't have something to do with the university. You know? yeah, 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 totally. So he would tell me the same thing. If he would stick around for the summer to do an internship or something. Is like ninety percent of the town like disappears. They all yeah. go home for the summer, you know. No, yeah. exactly. And um, so I was doing note taking for. Uh, it didn't help that I was working for the university either. Like I, mm-hmm. I was doing note taking for people who couldn't take their own notes, disabled people and stuff. And it was really good money, but it was like I don't know. I just felt like it was Groundhog Day, you know. So I just and, and then um, my wife Christy ended up getting a job over here, and I was like, "Yep, let's go, let's go." I was up for it. So here I am interviewing you, know? you thirteen years later. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Yeah, totally. All right. Well listen, um you've made a really nice video of you playing some piano and uh singing your new single Butterfly Effect. I think mm-hmm. we should probably give that a listen. Definitely. For All right, sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. You finally dyed your hair the color of always wanted. I hope it's what you wanted to You finally moving on or at least I know you've started I wish I could have started too
figured out that I never meant to let you down. All I wanted was to set you free. And if I see into your heart's endeavor, hope I see it through that short Hey everyone, Justin here, co-producer of 561 Music and owner of Live Music Community. Last year, I went on the road with The Shake to film a DIY tour. I decided to promote it by showing you the entire thing in this 30-second clip. Well, now that it's almost over, I hope you'll watch the trailer out now on LMC's YouTube channel. Our handle is at LMC Florida. Episode 1 drops Monday, July 31st at noon, and will drop new episodes every following Monday. Once again, that's YouTube.com slash at LMC Florida. 561 Music is sponsored by Harmony Management Group. Are you looking for help with your bookkeeping, tax prep for your music business or other small business? Do you need something notarized? Does your construction-related business need help in protecting receivables? How about a gift basket to say happy birthday, get well, or thank you for your business? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Harmony Management is your solution. After 30 years and two corporate jobs, Mary started working her side hustles full-time, and six years ago, Harmony Management Group started evolving from a business platform which didn't exist to what it is today, intertwining her three passions and creative sparks, all from the same office. The past several years, Mary has become the go-to accountant to the local scene's musicians and artists. Need help? Give her a call today at 561 420 5652 or visit harmonymanagementgroup.com. Now, I can personally say that Mary is an absolutely wonderful accountant and she really understands the world of artists and musicians. She's been a huge help to Killbillies and we are so proud to have her as a sponsor because she really cares about the local music scene and the local art scene. If you need help with the paperwork side of any small business, Mary has got your back. Again, the way to get in touch with her is 561-420-5652 or you can visit harmonymanagementgroup.com. We are also sponsored by Oasis Root. Now, Oasis Root Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road and it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water and it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years it's a it's an old thing that um they used for kind of ceremonial and also um sort of ledger purposes it, it's meant to be something where you know that brings people together um you will take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that it's meant to be something to bring people together it's uh has a kind of an effect which is i guess a kind of a slightly warming effect and it just kind of makes you feel a, a, a nice it's not particularly intoxicating it's not like drinking alcohol so the atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um a cross between a regular bar 
and uh, a coffee house. It's pretty chill in there. Um, you get all sorts of different types of carver bars. Some of them are more like a club, you know, this sort of like black light and EDM playing. And some of them are more like a cafe. This is one of the cafe type of ones. It's it's super chill in there. If you're looking for somewhere to, I don't know, maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends, it's perfect for that kind of thing. There's a foosball table in there if that's your jam. Or baby foot, as they call it in France. And... Uh, yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there, all sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, We run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really, the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, We are also a studio, a live stream venue, and we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, But outside of that, we can record albums. We can help you with your EPK. And we have full audio visual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. Thanks. All right, so we have just been listening to an ad about Live Music Community, which is where we're sitting right now. And um, I work here, and it is my favorite place to be. And you can't say that really about um, places that you work uh, very often, so I feel very privileged. Um, So given that, um, I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice for upcoming musicians? I would say for musicians trying to like navigate how um, just like how the industry is today, it's just a lot different than I think people anticipate it uh, being when they go into it. At least that was what I was um, feeling. Definitely social media is like so I think a lot of people overlook it surprisingly. Like that's the main, you know, that's like the main thing you have to worry about, honestly, social media marketing and stuff like that. I think you should you should really like think about it and think if you want to make like a full commitment because it's one of those things where I don't think you can really like half ass commit to it. No, no. I mean, Unless the, you want it to be a hobby, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. People have hobbies. Well, the 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 people that the people that are you know you're competing against, they're just doing it night and day. You know, literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, um, you can the the cool thing about like the internet is you can go see. Every move your competition is doing, everything yeah. they're posting, everything they're doing basically from a day to day, especially if they're like really famous, you know, people are, they have news on them all the time. And, yeah. and 
some people just like don't have the the mentality to even compete with that you know yeah. like having good yeah. songs is like the baseline yeah. You know, some people don't even really get there, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but, like, even once you get to, like, the minimum, which is, like, having a good written song and a well-produced song, even from there, that's, like, not enough at all. Yeah. Know? No, you're right. It, 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 it's all about social media these days, and um, we have help doing it. Like, uh, um, our social media lady, Danielle, I don't know what we'd do without her at this point, you know, mm -hmm. like we're involved in it, but, you know, she does a lot of it and it helps us so much with all the pictures and everything. And it, and it's huge. I think that she does do our TikTok as well, but the, our TikTok is something we really need to do better. You know, we, yeah. TikTok came along when we were all like, you know, old. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I, I think James was the only one who wasn't yet 40 when TikTok hit. You know? Yeah, so, so I was it. so anti TikTok for like two years and I regret because now, ironically, it's like my biggest platform so far. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, of I've course heard it that is. from a lot of people. Like I have a, I have an artist friend that, um, you know, as, a, as an artist, we use we use social media a lot because mm -hmm. it's a visual thing. Yeah. And I have a friend that was like, you know, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Then it was Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. And, and I kind of. I kind of started going that Instagram route because it's visual. It's, it's photos, basically. Yeah. Um, but he switched over, not switched over, but he started doing TikTok, and I was like, oh, that just like that's just girls dancing and like yeah. you know silly videos and whatever. Man, he has blown up on TikTok to the point that he has companies paying him now. He's almost like an influencer. They're paying yeah. him, yeah, to, to like do sponsor, to do like yeah. like certain TikTok art, you know, based on what their company or whatever. They're like paying him to produce TikTok videos now. Yeah, it's wow, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. People thought that with YouTube too. Like people thought the concept of being like a YouTuber. It would be like insane, and now it's like yeah, it's more con now. People are saying it with TikTok. Oh, being a TikToker is insane, but like being a YouTuber, it's totally doable now. I still yeah. can't get behind you know? TikTok though. Every time I try it, I feel like a I'm supposed to be a fifteen-year-old girl doing it. You know, <laughs> well, you know, you just gotta hit. I feel you gotta like hit the right, you know, people demographic. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of people on it now. I feel like at the beginning it was a bit like that, but then they all were at the beginning. You know, at one point Facebook, you were only allowed to be on it if you were enrolled in a university. You remember? Yeah, that? yeah. <coughs> so uh you know everything sort of just slowly changes and morphs and yeah i feel like we got to catch up a little bit on tiktok and that's on me but we need to do things like record our practices more and stuff like that you know we need to actually practice to record once our practices. In a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and talking about practicing for gigs um you recently uh played over at double rose you know how'd that mm -hmm. go i did it was actually really really good honestly which um I have like a, a substitute like summer band right now. So putting that together we it was uh not rush, but definitely like you know, I have a band in college that we've played uh basically for yeah. like a year straight with. Um and just having to like redo all that with like new people was a little bit of a challenge. But no, we, we completely killed it. I think that was like the best gig i've ever done actually. oh wow like, that's really, awesome you know? yeah man that makes me really happy and the sound system in there is really good yeah that was the main thing i mean it looked really nice it wasn't like we were sweating our ass off yeah yeah um do you remember who was doing sound for you over there that night it was our guy it was patrick yeah was it? yeah because yeah. normally because now my my drummer that i have up here his name's alec he usually does the sound there now yeah yeah so the, mm -hmm. his drummer was the guy who did the sound for us last time for us okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so the first time we played there the older fella he it, he was the guy yeah yeah okay yeah 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 they yeah they got they got great sound in there it's crazy um 
we've recently sort of switched over to using in-ear monitors, and um, I have to say that's been a game changer for me. I, you know, how do you feel about game it? changer? Huge, huge, huge. I've I heard. don't get. Yeah. Well, we don't use the monitors, and because I use the upright base, it's got it's got the f holes on it, sort of mm-hmm. whatever. So it's just. It, it's just waiting for sound to come in so that it can feedback. You know, like yeah. it's that. I feel like sometimes, like that's its only purpose in life is to seek out tones to feedback. I know. Yeah, you breathe <laughs> and, on it. And it yeah, feeds back. and so without the monitors physically in front of us, there's a whole yeah. lot less coming at me. Um, and now, and now, like I, you know, I can, I, I, the way I wear them is I wear one in and one out, so I can still kind of get that ambiance and get that feel from the stage sound and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but where. A lot of times you're behind the mains, so with the stage sound you feel like um, you know the bass could be a little muddy or whatever. Now I've got the other one in here, and I've got that turned up, and like the vocals are crystal clear, and the bass is crystal yeah. clear, and I can hear every note and every pop and every snap and every everything. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. it a lot. I, I just wanted to use in ears so bad. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's a game changer for you'll sure. You'll get there. It, it'll happen probably pretty soon. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're so fun, man. Um, yeah, so we we just listened to. Um, an acoustic, like a piano version of your song, uh, The Butterfly Effect. Could you tell us a little bit about that? How did you record that? Uh, so that's just in my house. Ha- that, that version is just in my house. Oh, it just cool. looks really good because we, we set up lights and stuff. And um, I edited the video. You know, I, I like changed the, uh, the colors and contrast. And, sure, uh, yeah. What, what are you using to, uh, to edit video? Final Cut Pro. Okay, nice. yeah, cool, yeah. yeah. Um, I still am trying to get better at it, but... Um, my, I don't even know how, how do I describe him. I would say my manager it would sound really professional, but he's really like one of my closest friends. I met him through TikTok, which is right. crazy. <laughs> um, and he was, he hit me up and was like, yo, if you ever need videos, um, let me know. And at the time I wanted to do my first music video. And so he shot that. Um, and then from then on, we became like super close friends. I would consider him like my closest friend right now. Oh, that's honestly. fantastic. And... We did all the work for Butterfly Effect. We shot a music video for that too, and yeah. um, and he edits everything and color grades, and it's just like insane. Nice. Yeah, um, I've seen some of the shots from from that, and they are like great. you would not know. And like when I first met him, he was nineteen. I was like, he is younger than me. I was yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck? You know what I mean? Um, I, you know, age is. I know it's such a cheesy thing to say, but age is really is just a number. It, it depends on how. The work you put in, you know, like really ultimately it depends on the work you put in. And yeah. you could put it in early and be as good as someone who's like 35, you know. So, yeah, I've been um, I've been trying to catch – his name's Dylan. And I've been trying to catch up to him with my editing and stuff. But he decided finally – he was like um, – he hit me up about like management and like seeing if we could do something there. Um, and I was like – Honestly, he's a, a perfect fit for like a first manager type of yeah, deal. Yeah, great, man. Um, and so we're doing the music video for that. Um, I've been doing like all the short form content, which is like, you know, the TikTok stuff and all that, which yeah. I would say is more important than a music video at this point. I would believe, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when you make that kind of content, um, how do you go about that? Is it um, just do it like in your room with like a ring light and kind of like that? Yeah, it's just for me. It's like all over. I'm I'm really just trying everything out. You know, like I do. Um, I do a lot of my covers. That's kind of what's gotten me the most. Um, like eyes on me was doing covers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just like a phone and a ring light. 
Yeah. Um, but then for the more professional stuff, yeah, we just shoot it on a camera. You just turn it sideways. Yeah, just, totally. Are you doing like up when when you do the covers? Are you doing? I mean, I've seen them. It's just for the people watching. But are you doing like up close or? Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do you like, feel like the up far. close ones work better than you know? I don't like honestly. I don't even know um, like what kind of details matter and what don't. Right. In accordance to like getting like views or like people to see you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I think at the end of the day, it's like if the content is like really, really good, then it's gonna do good no matter what. Like the right. color of the fucking background is, or yeah. like whatever. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um. So, what's the butterfly effect about? Like, what what's the actual song about? Um. The butterfly effect is like roughly. It's just about like parting ways, you know, in like a relationship. Um. And how that's not, like, that doesn't have to be, like, a bad thing, you know? I've had a lot of people already reach out to me about it, like, who have coincidentally had, like, breakups with their, like, significant other. Sure, and um, what it happens, you know. And they're like, you released that song at, like, the fucking perfect time because Jesus, like, the, you know, the words hit them in a certain way. That's awesome. And it's, you know, the 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 fully produced version is really rocking. Who would you say is some of the um, influences on, on that sound, like, that you have with that song? Um, well, usually what I do for all my music is I'll make like a playlist of what I've, what I was listening to, like when I was making that song. So it's like the playlist will have the song and then like a couple of my other songs and then like all my influences for that song. So I have a lot of like, for that song, it was a lot of My Chemical Romance in there. Um, definitely some Pierce the Veil. But honestly, my biggest influence now, which is like, I feel so happy saying is like most of like my friends music. Oh, nice. Like, my friends now um, are, like, just connections that I have, like, knowing people through other people. Their music is so good that it's, like, com- it's like a good comparison. You, uh, know? you know, that's awesome. I can relate to that. That's what was happening when I was in my early 20s. It was uh, pretty much all of the music I was listening to was other bands in the punk scene I was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah. It's, they're not big artists. And I think it's yeah. so cool to have. Um, and actually, to be honest with you, it's the same now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know about the the Spotify. Um, like at the end of the year, it gives you like a rap yeah. thing, and it shows you your top influences. I think it's so cool that like uh, to see my top influences slowly being overtaken by just my friends. Yeah, and I it's not that. like it's it's not like you're listening to them just because they're your friends. It's like they're good. They're good enough that it's like listenable over and over again. Like I'd I'd listen to it even if I didn't know who they were. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, and if you're willing to put the work in these days, you can get a professional product from your bedroom. You know, yeah, it, it, even like even genres you wouldn't expect because there's like a, there was yeah. a whole bedroom pop movement where people like the low quality vibe was kind of like intentional, it's lo-fi. The stuff, yeah, yeah, but but now it's like you can get the high quality shit too. You know, yeah, you can get yeah, like yeah. full metal yeah. song that you can make metal music with like no instruments at this point, like just it. plugins. Yeah, and it'll totally. sound great. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I know that my, uh, you know, some of my friends, like people like Ricky and stuff have really been leaning into, uh, doing live recordings as almost like a rebellion against that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, warts and all, so you can hear the mistakes and, and, and you can hear that it's played live. And I, I think there's a place for both things. Cause I really do like very carefully produced music. I think it sounds great, but I, but I also like to hear a band playing a song. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, a, it just depends on the mood I'm in, really. I think the big difference is, and I was actually just having a conversation with James about this the other day. Um, you know, when you have when you have a, a, a produced, polished 
song, um, like like the album we just put out in November. You know, there's certain songs on that album that we wrote them a certain way, we played them a certain way, we recorded them a certain way, and they sound great and they're polished. But when we play them out live, it's um, different. I, I play them a little bit differently. Like I'll add some extra slaps to it. Yeah. Um, you know, or I'll sing a few harmonies, uh, extra different harmonies or Thunder different Goose will add those slaps uh, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, man. Thunder Goose. I let the Thunder Goose out. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I was in, and I was just having this conversation with James where like, you know, on one hand, I was like, oh, man, do I regret not having evolved those songs to that point and having put that on the album? Because I, I do like that that stuff that I do live. But I but it's like you said, I think there's just there's a place for it. And I like I like that the live version is slightly different, different. than the album version, because that. because yeah. look, you can listen to me all, all day long and you can listen to the album all day long. And I, and I love it. And I love the support and all that stuff that people coming out and listen to, you know, the Killbillies albums on Spotify or wherever they're listening to it. But it gives them another reason to come out and look, you know, listen to the live show because they're going to yeah. get a slightly different experience. It's not just going to be regurgitating yeah, just, the album. Uh, if you want to listen to the song how it is, go listen to the song yeah, on yeah, Spotify. Yeah. You know, it's, what I mean? it's funny. My son, my son's, uh, he's he's nineteen. Um, uh, he's in a local band actually, and he plays drums. And he he makes that same comment. Young Fiction, you know those guys. I have heard of them. I think they've been on a few lineups. They uh, they yeah. play down at uh, what's the place down south you mentioned earlier? Um, Tough times. Yeah, they play. Yeah. Down there. I think I've lot. seen their name. Yeah, they play there a the lot. Flyers and shit. Yeah, they're really cool. good. But they, um, he he made the same comment recently about you know he likes he likes that the songs are a little bit different or have a little different flavor to them live than they do on an album. And he made the exact same comment you just said. He's like, if I wanted to just listen to the album version, I'd sit in my car and listen to the album version. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't pay a ticket price to go see somebody. Yeah, no, literally. Totally. Yeah. And plus, the other good thing about it is it gives the songs another crack of the whip because I just got a whole bunch of well-recorded live um audio from the gig we played at Colatus by night, you know, and and if I can find something that we just nailed in there, you know, I'll I'll, I'll put it together and we can release that as a live yeah, version. Yeah. And yeah. I reckon there is going to be one or two in there that come out good, you know. I mean, it was three hours, so I hope there's more than one or two. <laughs> <laughs> if Absolutely. that's all we nailed in three hours, we got to talk. <laughs> well, we did an, yeah, sorry, we did an interesting version of Ace of Spades. I want to see how that came out. That was kind of cool. Yeah, and also, fun. I feel like lets you um, kind of like milk the song a little more if you have like different versions, because a lot of people are opposed to that. But like, if you have a live version of us, if you have the studio version, and then like. Two weeks, a week or two later, you know, the hype's kind of, like, died of your song. You know, it's been out. It's, like, live version. You know what I mean? Yeah. Release that. It's, like, the same song. It's the same. So you're going to – it's, like, you're still making the royalties yeah. and whatever off your song. It's not like you're dropping another sure, song. Sure, sure. And it just, like, you create this spider web of content, like, around just one song or, like, a piano mm-hmm. version or, like, the demo version. Like, yeah. dropping all those, you get so many different people interested in your song. That totally. Way. I think that the way that we're going to – reignite interest in the album we just made is the plan is to make a video for every one of the tracks and just keep releasing them like that you know and then that gives it another another crack of the whip another reason for people to listen to it you know watch the video yeah no definitely and that's basically what you're doing yeah really i think people are so like it sucks people are like rats now like they they have to focus on like one thing at a time and you have to like lead them down like an easy path like if your links if you make links too hard to find or too hard to like click on people just won't do it you know what I mean or like if you drop five songs people probably listen to one you know what I mean and then like move on so I think if you if you do do that like drop a video every single song it's like 
Here, just one focus on this one video of this yeah. one song, and then people will focus on that. And then, like, once that's done, then you can drop the next one. And then you yeah. slowly get people to actually, like, listen to the album. Yeah, exactly. People have, like, the attention span of a gnat these They days. really do. They yeah. Do. Me so included. Difficult. I mean, it's difficult. You but know, that's why like, social media is the way it is. And that's why the stories and all that stuff are, like, quick, quick hits. Quick yeah, hits. you got it. And it's like people have, like, two seconds on when they're swiping to, like, determine if they want to watch what you're doing or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like that. If if you don't get it done within that amount of time, they're gone. Not like, to mention, you know? your you know, music is competing with like thirst trap like pictures of, of, <laughs> of you know women with giant boobs and stupid <laughs> stuff like that. So it just kind of it it it's not it's not like music is competing with other music. It's competing with everything on it. Yeah, that's, you, that's on, you have to find the, the right. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> yeah, 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 you definitely have to find the right. Um, it's weird how like just like the algorithms and shit work. You have to find because there is a there's a group of people that are on the apps where they're they're you know. Their algorithm knows they don't watch that. They watch music content. Yeah, so you have sure, to like yeah. you have to ride that wave into those people so that you avoid because if you're if you're making videos that are hitting the wrong crowd, yeah. you're gonna get like horrible engagement. But it's like it's not because your videos are bad. It's just that it's not like hitting the people yeah. they would want. Yeah. And that's why like I've had a few videos of mine like blow up but for the wrong reasons like it's like a a funny video or something yeah and it blows up and it's like it's not drawing attention to your music so you're not going to gain like fans from it you're not going to gain it you're going to get views and comments and whatever but it doesn't do anything yeah the algorithms are absurd like i i uh you know i'll post i'll post something about like hey we're playing you know this friday at xyz place or whatever and i'll get like three people that like it yeah i posted yesterday that it was my dog's one year birthday and I had like 200 likes it's in a matter so of like an hour. Ridiculous. <laughs> it was crazy. Like comments the, and comments and comments. By the way, the algorithms is quite a good name for a ska band. That is the actually algorithms. speaking, sounds of, like speaking the, of. It sounds like the agri-lights a little bit. I mean, you know? speaking of, yeah, I the, know, the exactly. ska project you're working on. I know, yeah. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> so I was going to call my ska project I've been working on Nina's Yard Party. Nina's the name of my dog. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of cute. But maybe I'll call it the algorithms. There's all, I'm sure there's already a band called The there. algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But um, so what's coming up? What, what have we got to look forward to? So there's the video. Mm-hmm. So when- we got um, Butterfly Effect music video for like the full version. Um, and oh, then we're when, doing- when is that dropping? Do you know? We haven't finished it yet. So okay. I want to say we're, we want to finish it by like the end of this month sometime. Okay. So maybe like mid, mid-July or like later July. Um, we're doing a merch drop. It's the first time I've ever done merch. Cool. Um, so I'll that'll buy a be t-shirt. cool. I like your uh, sort of like death metal vibes. So I'll get one of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's gonna have be like a Brayton shirt and then a butterfly effect shirt. Cool. Um, designed by my boy Dylan because um, nice. he's just creative director of everything. Honestly. Um, and even though it's one of those things where I think having merch, even when you're small, it's important because especially it when you're stays small. For the rest of your career, basically, like well, you that, know? dude, that, and also, people give you money. Yeah, I mean, come on now, you know I, that's yeah. the reason. <laughs> Some people just think like that, you know, they're not big enough to do like merch or anything they're like always that. Always big enough to. But do I merch. think like yeah. I've seen. Are like some of my friends who are like smaller than me, who I consider myself to be like super small, even them being smaller than me have like professional merch. I'm like, okay, fuck, I need to like catch up. Yeah, dude. Be shocked. I mean, we, we do we do a ton of, of merch stuff like uh, yeah, t shirts and, and just all sorts of stuff. Um, 
you'd be amazed. I, I'm I'm still amazed. Like I mean, who are Killbillies? Like we're you know we're not like this. But people mega band. will buy it. every yeah. every show. We sell at least one or two T-shirts, and sometimes we sell four, five, six, seven T-shirts in a night. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy how yeah. many T-shirts we go through. Yeah, totally. You know, we we'll we'll stock up, and then like you know, a week and a half, two weeks later, I'm like, uh, Hector, we got a problem. We've run out of this. We, uh, we honestly, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars every year on T-shirts. It's it's ludicrous. And then make it back. Yeah, it's yeah. ludicrous how many make T-shirts it, you know, we sell. Yeah, make it back and then some. It's uh, great. Yeah, I think live. I think like at live shows too. That's probably the best for selling it because online, I I think you know you'll get some people that buy them online. But if yeah, they're yeah. seeing you there and the shirt's there and their money is here, it's, it's like it's an it, impulse buy yeah. for sure. It's an impulse buy. I think the way that one of the ways that you could kind of do it is that whole kind of support. You know. Young local, local artists, artists way. yeah, that's because, how you do it. Yeah, exactly. And and people will buy it. So in 2020, when we were all locked in our houses, I bought so many band shirts. I must have bought like 10 band shirts off Facebook. Yeah, you know? like yeah. um, and I still do. You know, if I see a cool one come up, I'll buy it online. I yeah. have a bunch of band shirts from local bands and stuff. Just and and some I love, some I never wear. It's just, I, it, but it's it's always like I see. You know, I see one of our homies from one of the bands or something. You know, like. Hey, uh, we just put out this new shirt to you know to support this tour or to support this or to support that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, <laughs> just buy. It. I think if the shirt looks really fucking cool too, it's like It'll even sell. if they don't even know who you are, it's like if your if your merch looks like real branded shit, it's yeah. like that makes it even better. No, hundred percent. There's bands out there that I like that I haven't bought the t-shirt of because they're stupid t-shirts. <laughs> and there's bands yeah. out there that I only just like. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just like, all right, yeah, you know, you're okay. But their t-shirt is like amazing. Yeah, you know? and like, and okay. I've, like, yeah, I just That's enough. To, yeah, I'm a sucker for a good t-shirt, man. If it's a cool t-shirt, I'll buy it. Yeah. No doubt about it. So what are we doing this weekend? We are... Meg O'Malley's on Friday, man. Meg O'Malley's up in Melbourne. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since we played there. Yeah. It yeah. has actually, isn't it? Yeah, it has. I, I think guess it's because when I was, it, I went to England, you went to England, and we just had a lot of things going on. I took a, I took a like two weeks oh, hiatus of playing a two week yoga stuff. retreat. Oh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> hot, hot yoga. Um, <laughs> it's always hot yoga when you're doing. I it, mean, right? you know, it's always, it's always. Um, but yeah, Mega Mally's on Friday. That'll yeah. be that'll be fun to get back over there. Yeah. Um, Saturday, I don't. You guys are playing Square Grouper Saturday. That's um, right. And then we don't have a gig in the evening, which we, is very unusual. Well, because I'm going to the Foreigner concert. Oh, that's why. Yeah. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah. I was a, I Foreigner almost... and Loverboy. I'm dating myself now, man. But <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Well, have a good time, man. I'm sure it'll be a blast. And then uh, and then Sunday we're playing Rock and River Walk up in Stewart, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's at that amphitheater in downtown yeah. Stewart. And it, it that's fun, man. You know, I... I I, if you've never been to that, it's a great day out. You get to see it. It's cool because it's by the water and, yeah. and the amphitheater is it, it's just a chill vibe. You know, they do a good job. We know the sound guys real well by now. You know, they're used to the way we set up. So yeah. sure, it'll be fine. One year, we blew up the bass amp up there, didn't we? Last yeah. time we were there, we blew the bass amp. Yeah. So luckily, we don't even, ha- even have a bass amp anymore. No, so no, no, no. We should be all right. It's literally just pedals now. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. we should definitely be all right. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. I mean... It, you could throw a towel over it if it starts raining. That was a problem. It started raining and it came in sideways. Yeah, went into the amp and blew the amp out. Yeah, exactly. Flo- uh, Florida rain will get you every now and again. There was that. T- so there's been a few this year. There was um, the five six one music festival at the end when everything yeah. got soaked and your pedals got destroyed. Yep. And then there was um, that the square grouper recently. You guys got. Yeah, it just came in sideways. It got blasted. Yeah. yeah you know, I I know that. 
is to be expected in Florida, but I feel like it hadn't been that bad for a couple of years. But this year, really you would hit. think with so many outdoor events and outdoor festivals that that companies that make this gear would like develop like better rain, rain resistant gear. Or I know, sort. really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to start a company of like Florida music gear that rain, you, rain, you can like water, you can hold it tw- ten feet underwater, right? Like a water, yeah, waterproof, uh, rain, rainproof. Uh, PA systems, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's our. Uh, that's that's how we're going to make our millions or our thousands from the Florida music scene. Yeah, no, I think we're going to make our millions by um, uh, making albums for people because apparently there's a, a vinyl shortage in the world. So. <laughs> oh yeah, so actually that's a good thing to bring up. We finally got all the pieces of our vinyl. Haven't we? we finally got the last piece of the puzzle today. Yeah, like yeah. hours, moments before I came here. Like yeah, we yeah. Literally just got it. So we will. Uh, We'll probably get together this weekend and assemble. Yeah, yeah. And sign and number and start sending out uh, all the pre-orders and start selling, man. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, I've had a vinyl before, but it, but it was I was only like partially involved in it. It was right when it was right when I was kind of like leaving the band. And I, there are some of my songs on there, but it, I didn't feel like something I had done, you know. Yeah. So this one, we you know, we all wrote the songs together. I produced the songs and then we all worked together to put the art and everything together. Yeah. So it feels like a real homegrown oh, product, sure. you know. For sure. For sure. And there's, uh, uh, again, because there was the black vinyl shortage, um, originally we were going to get... Um, like black and red, like black yeah. and red, black black and red swirl, um, yeah. and those were the hundred numbered ones. And then we were going to get the um, black, uh, just, just regular black, um, black vinyl to to just sell. Yeah. Um, so we have clear and red now, and have, white and red. Yeah, we have clear and red and white and red. So I'm not 100 percent sure how we're going to do that. Well, I think the clear and red ones look cool, and the, the white and red ones. Yeah, I think James and I. Agree so we'll on send that. them out for the. Those will be those will be the special numbered and signed and whatever, and then the other ones will just be the ones we sell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they all look. They're all dope. Yeah, they're, they're all, all really great. cool. Yeah. Yeah, man, and it's really. Uh, a huge sigh of relief because I think we were all wondering if they were ever going to come. Man, we ordered those uh, beginning of November. It's been eight, yeah. eight months. It's crazy. It's been nine months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, man. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I've always wanted to come on here. You know, I've seen a lot of the local musicians come on here. So, oh, yeah, thank you. you for having me. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Um, and uh, best of luck with your career. You know, it seems like you're off to a good start. You've got a good head on your shoulders for a young fella. When I was your age, I didn't know my ass from my elbow. I was too. I was way more concerned, in, you know, getting high and girls and stuff like that. And you, you seem to, uh, <laughs> nice. you seem to, uh, you seem to be a lot more focused than I was at your age. So uh, long may it last, and, uh, yeah, and keep at you. it. And I I'll do anything it. in my power to help you on your path. Yeah, for sure. Thank yeah. you so much. I really appreciate it. Awesome, nice man. one. Yeah, good to meet you, man. All right. See you later. later.